Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And in this episode, I chat with Mickey Myla, a good buddy of mine and one of the originals in the Guys Like Us Bible study. Mickey hails from Southern California, spent a lot of his formative years there before moving to Massachusetts and attending Stonehill College. He played football and ran track at Stonehill and was involved in a lot of different leadership opportunities, both with sports and on campus with his faith. He spent the last few years at Assumption College working in the ministry and just most recently has come back to Southern California and is now the head track and field coach at J. Sarah Catholic High School. Looking forward to this episode. Mickey, how are you doing? Dude, I am excited to be here. I am grateful that you uh, you asked me to be here. So um, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So how I kick us off is opening up in prayer. I can open us na- I can open us up now, and then I am going to ask you later on to close us. So be prepared. <laughs> Got it. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together this morning. We're incredibly grateful and excited to have a genuine conversation um, all through you, sharing both of our different experiences and the unity and wholeness that we were able to find um, through, through these past few years. And I'm glad I've been able to meet Mickey, and he has been an incredible figure and mentor in my life. And just excited that, that he's willing to chat now and, and, and for everything that he's about to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So um, with all that being said, you know, from, your, uh, from the introduction, um, I'm sure that your faith started before taking on leadership positions um, in Bible study and such at Stonehill College. Can you talk a bit about your family and, and your upbringings in the faith? Yeah, sure thing, man. Uh, so, I wasn't I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian home. My family was, uh, yeah, I, I'd say we, we'd go to church. I, you know, I think we, we went to church enough so we could say we weren't just Christmas and Easter people. But yep. that doesn't necessarily mean that we took it seriously. Uh, I would say that my faith, I didn't start taking faith seriously or um, start really getting interested in it until the things in my life that I was living for, like in my 17-year-old world, started to crumble down. Uh, you know, what I had built my foundation on simply was how good of an athlete could I be and, you know, whatever relationship I was in you know, like, you know, it's high school, so like whatever relationship I was in that week or whatever. And uh, and so eventually I got to the point where I was left asking, what the hell, like, what what's the purpose of all this, you know? And it, it I grew up in, a, in an area where there's a big, there's a, there's a big mega church. Uh, and so it's kind of, it was kind of cultural that, people thought if you're just like a nice person you, you'd be you know you, you're considered a Christian because you'd, you'd attend that church and you'd be a nice person like that that's what it meant uh, mm-hmm. to be a Christian and, and so I, I guess I thought I was um, I, I thought I was a follower of God I thought I had a relationship with God but ended up asking like really how can I find more purpose in it all and everybody in that same kind of culture would would say, oh, you got to read this book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And uh, at the time, my high school was, they were building a new parking structure and parking was terrible. So uh, I'd get to school 
about an hour early to get a, a decent spot. And so what I ended up doing was just, I, uh, I, I just started reading this book. I started reading this book, a, a chapter a day, uh, for 40 days. That's a, That's the format. That's how it's set up. And, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, I like to say like that that's a miracle in itself because I, I, I didn't like reading at all. <laughs> and, yeah. and for whatever reason, I, I, was, I was super, I was really engaged. I really wanted to, to read like what was this, you know, I wanted to know like what was the purpose of life kind of a thing. And after reading that, I remember the moment when I threw that book down on you know, the, the car seat next to me and just kind of said, Hey, I, I don't know what you're, I, I felt like I was, I was talking to Jesus and I was like, I don't know what you're all about. I don't know everything about this, but I know that I need you. I know that this is something that I need in my life that I'm missing from my life. And that's, that became the start of, you know, feeling called to, to go to school out East, um, feeling called to continue to invest my life into uh, just the, the lives of of athletes and of those around me, and yeah, so I I just that was the that was the moment. Wow, awesome! Um, so at the at the time, you know, when you first picked up the um, that, that that book by Rick Warren, which I have also read, great book, great book. Um, were you the only person, you know, kind of around your friend group or in your environment that was? starting to have that type of conversation and I think starting to ask questions and really starting to seek more rather than kind of that reactive approach of going to church because your family, you know, would, would go to just to, to kind of check off the boxes, which I think a lot of us, a lot of us did when we were younger. Yeah. You know, I, I think, so I, at the time I was in my senior season playing football at, in high school and and I really it, I don't know if you, if you ever spent time hanging out with football guys you know, you know that uh, some guys kind of they were kind of like I was some of them might have claimed to be Christian but uh, their actions were and the conversations were anything but and so I, I honestly I think it was this new thing for me and my everybody I was hanging out with kind of they were my friends and and I was just excited to to be on this wave of this new kind of faith this new kind of purpose in life and it it, so no to answer your question I I don't think that I had a ton of friends who Mm -hmm. also you know were excited about their faith I think I, I had a few that I ended that were and actually some of those friends are still close with me mm-hmm. today uh, but ultimately I for the most part I was kind of as far as friends go I, I was kind of riding solo but I did have some God, God really blessed me with some great mentors uh, initially and then I mean, I mean the timeline of this is that it was December of my senior year and then three months later, I felt God calling me to go to Stonehill. And then, you know, nine months after becoming Christian, I'm living 3,000 miles away from home and don't know anybody. And, you know, that's I, th- that was kind of one of the, the most formative times. Like those first couple of months at Stonehill, it was one of the most formative times in my faith because I, the, Jesus was the only friend I had I felt like initially mm-hmm. so we really be- I really became close and and yeah so yeah when you were um, first coming over to Stonehill College and I think that was a big decision kind of was that le- I, I, I would consider that a leap of faith taking yeah. going you know all the way across the country to a small school like Stonehill pursuing football track um do you think that would have happened if you hadn't had kind of opened that book up from the from the get go? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know if I could have handled or even thought of moving all the way across the country if 
I didn't feel like if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I don't think that that's, that that would happen, but it was not only my faith, but the mentors I had in my life, the, some of the, some of the, some of the friends I had that were really supportive of it. And I think instead of being, I'd say, I'd say if, if, had I not had Jesus in my life, I would have been really scared to move across the country. Mm-hmm. But sure. I think because I felt called and I like, it was just, I just felt very confident in that that was where God wanted me to be, that it, I was then excited. Like I, I felt mm-hmm. really, um, yeah, I was just really expectant and excited when I packed my bags to, to go out there. So. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I, I know that you've, uh, been in a lot of different places, have had different positions, and I think, especially for you know our age, that high school to college to few years out of college, there's a lot of transition. You're not in something for more than a few seasons, more than a few years. But I I think one thing you've held co- constant and have been consistent on is developing others with sports and with faith. Really pairing these two together. And I, I think it's safe to say that you definitely have a passion for coaching, teaching, and, and overall mentoring. Was this something that you thought would be a path that you wanted to take? And kind of when did when did you first realize that you know what this 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 might be um, this might be good for me? Honestly, I felt that even before I felt like I had a good. A great or a great relationship with Jesus. I felt as though coaching was a path that I wanted to get into. So coaching was something that I wanted to do, uh, regardless. I think the only thing that has changed is that I, I've realized that I don't need to, you know, make a ton of money in addition to coaching. You know, I, I really just want to coach. You know, I want to make enough money so I can live, and I want to just be able to coach and invest in the lives of athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that I felt as a kid in high school and I, I've always loved kind of the strategy behind any sport that I played and, and really just always felt as though I took ownership of the younger generation of athletes that were playing and coming up behind me and always felt like I wanted to mentor them and always felt like that was, you know, make a, make a good transition into coaching but uh, I would say that you know now that I look back on it that that's just the Holy Spirit kind of working on me and nudging me before I even had a relationship with Jesus so uh, I think that that's uh, you know that, that that's kind of always been on my radar um, mm-hmm. so yeah sorry no absolutely so so now that You've you know held several coaching positions, um, both at Assumption and now at J. Sarah back back home. Have you figured out or tried to focus on different different things, different pieces of wisdom that you're hoping to instill on these guys as you coach and mentor? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question. I, I. I think the main thing I want to instill in the athletes that I coach is that following Jesus is not just a box that you check. It's not just something you do. Uh, it's not just going to church on Sunday and going to Bible study in the middle of the week. It's it's a part of who you are. It is who you are, and it you know when you, when you're truly when you truly engage Jesus, when you're truly following Him, that cha- that changes who you are. That changes uh, how you view the world. It changes how you interact with others. It changes how you interact with um, those who have less social standards in society. It, it, it changes how you interact with uh, your teammates. It changes how you work in your sport. So I really do think that uh, the, the, if there's one thing that I hope to uh, model for my athletes, it's that it's it's that faith is is not just 
it's not just an action. It's 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 actually who you are. It's like following Jesus is is at the core of, of your being, and that it's and that it's actually okay to be cool and like still have friends and like own that. Just be like, yeah, yeah I like Jesus and I like to play football. Like that's okay <laughs> to yep. do both. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. No. I and I. That, that last part for me, I, you know, I, I'm laughing because I'm sure, you know, for me, for you, for a lot of the guys that played sports growing up in high school and college, um, these weren't necessarily the people that I don't think were living out the, the Christian lives that maybe they had intended for or they were seeking. Um, but I think this, I think the culture of collegiate sports um, advocated a different type of lifestyle. Um, do you, you know, what were some things that you did to, when you were engaging with, with your peers, um, both playing at Stonehill College and now, you know, even engaging with, with folks at Assumption College, um, were you trying to, to learn a lot from them and, and kind of how they think about their own faith? Were you trying to you know, preach on them, or how did that relationship look when you were when you were communicating? Yeah, I honestly, I think that the main thing that I've tried to do as a coach, and the main thing I tried to do as an athlete was first just be a great friend, and I, I feel like that's what Jesus did. When you mm. when you read the Gospels, you see Jesus uh, constantly, you know, like being there uh, for. People, you see him uh, eating, you know, eating meals with people. You see Jesus uh, going and comforting people, and, and and just showing compassion first, and really allowing himself to be emotionally moved, uh, and, you know, by another individual and and by what he sees in the people, and and, and in order to do that, you have to know he has to know those people. And so I think the first thing I always try to do is just how can I be a good friend to someone? Mm-hmm. And so for those who weren't believers, I, I really didn't, I, honestly, I didn't have to bring it up because like I said, it, it, my faith was just such a big part of me that oftentimes I, I by the, by the middle of my, by the end of my freshman football season in, in college, I, I was known as kind of like, oh, he's a religious kid or whatever. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, I remember a story when I was on the sideline. I think this was, I mean, you know, like this was during some special teams practice that I wasn't on. And yeah. one of the older guys, he was a senior when I was a freshman. And I, you know, we're almost done with the season at this point. And we're having this conversation and. It's, I, I, honestly, I don't remember how it came up, but I, I pretty, pretty much asked me point blank if, you know, if I have sex, and, um, you know, and I'm not trying to be a saint here. Like that's something that I've struggled with in the past, but at the time, like he asked me like, hey, like you're a freshman, like moving forward, is that something that you like want to do? And I'm like, actually, like I don't. Yeah. You know, like I, I believe that you, you shouldn't be doing that before you get married and I remember having this kind of big I mean for for a sideline practice conversation it, it seemed like a pretty big heavy conversation you know <laughs> yeah and uh, I don't know it's just something that I it's just a conversation I remember sticking with me and something that like I mean opportunities like that right like when I, I'd go to parties and hang out with my buddies and I wouldn't drink and it wasn't necessarily um, a religious thing but I think a lot of people associated it with that and I honestly I people it was almost as if because of the way I was just being a friend and and living with people they just wanted to they were very interested in in the kind of lifestyle I was living Um, but that's not to say that I, I, I wasn't I was looking for opportunities as well so I was looking for opportunities for it to come up naturally as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And I, 
I'm sure there was plenty of times, same for me, on the soccer field when people would ask me questions or it would just get brought up. But it was, I think a lot of times it would be brushed off like it it wasn't that important or it wasn't um, a worthwhile conversation too. Um, and I think, you know, as both me and you know, it's it's an it's a it's a big it's a heavy hitting question. It's a it's a big conversation, um, and I think there should be there should be importance of just of understanding. I think where other people are coming from, and and just taking the time to to chat with them, and not just I think n- neglect that the, the question was serious or not. Yeah, I I really do think that. It's really it's it's really interesting to see the reactions of those, and it's what's interesting to me is there there is there's often times where there's people that I know I, I've become really good friends with, and you know that that might believe or might not believe, and the second that conversation comes up, some people kind of step in and lean in and want to hear more, and some people really, you know, they they get freaked out by it. They want to mm-hmm. step back, and um, I think. Like I said, so if it all comes down to just being a great friend and, and using it, you know, using kind of how Jesus was a friend to people first, uh, you know, how do I be a great friend to that person that's really interested and answer all their questions? But then how do I go and approach that person who kind of, you know, is is very skeptical and still, you know, like every time that comes up, they kind of just excuse themselves from the conversation mm-hmm. and I think for me it was just like I said how do I show how do I just show that I love them first yep. and if, I, if you can do that um, same thing if I, when I'm coaching too if you can just show that you love people um, they are going to be more likely to understand and hear you know what you have to say and where you're coming from mm-hmm. great um so you've you've seen Christianity uh, from a variety of different angles um, through different denominations as well, starting you know back in high school um, and then moving into college, going to Catholic school or you know a Catholic school, but taking part in the, the um, intervarsity community and being involved in a different form of Christianity, then going to Assumption. Um, you know, and then and then going back to to California um, as well. So you know, what I guess first question: What different angles have you seen, or denominations, um, and what have you learned about about all these that you can kind of put sense into words? It's kind of funny. I, as I mentioned before, I grew up in this in the shadow of this mega church, and. Yeah, I, I thought I, I really do think there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, I I also when I moved out to Stonehill in Massachusetts, I, I ended up going to so I went from this church that had now has like forty thousand people attending it on any Holy given cow. Sunday, and wow. I went to this church that I love deeply uh, down the street from Stonehill called uh, New Hope Christian Chapel and they they had maybe maxed out at 100 people and so I, I, I both non-denominational but it was interesting as I was kind of experiencing this I experienced this mega church and then I, I, I go to I go to college and start getting engaged in this smaller church and I'm also learning about the Catholic Church because I I had my own assumptions go uh, about the Catholic Church going into college, uh, some of those, I mean, I've gone all over the spectrum about just how, you know, like what I've thought about the Catholic Church, and ultimately, I, I, I really love and appreciate uh, everything the Catholic Church has to offer, and I have tons of friends who really deeply love Jesus, and um, mm-hmm. and you know, and then when I moved to Worcester, I was a part of a church plant, and that was. An experience. I'm actually a part of a church plant now that I've moved back to California. It's, it's, it's really just. It's really interesting to be a part of a church when it's first getting going and to think about the vision of where God is is calling you. I think I'm attracted to that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, as, as far as I guess how I feel about uh, just 
different denominations and things of that nature. I, I just get this, this. So, I would say it, it all comes down to our like. I, I think that each church, each denomination, has its purpose to reach a certain corner of the world, and I think that it's great that we have, you know, different denominations to in order to do that. Now, I think where denominations might get in trouble is when I think where like where we do get in trouble is when we say our denomination is the only one that's the one that you know that you can be saved in or you know when you're trying to convince people that you need to follow in my denomination so whether it's Baptist or Episcopalian or Catholic if somebody is strongly advocating over you know like saying that this is the only denominate only christian denomination of all the other christian denominations then i think they're overlooking what jesus is saying you know like what, how jesus tells us to be unified so the way i would see it is if you're a part of a denomination you should encourage anybody any newcomer any new person who's just checking out your church you should encourage them to check out your church but you should encourage them to check out other denominations as well as long as the core message in those other churches is that Jesus Christ is Lord, he died uh, on a cross and, and took the penalty of our sin, mm-hmm. you know, paid a price that we couldn't pay. And so as, as, as long as those churches are, are, are preaching the core message of following Jesus, then I think we, we, we can't take so much ownership of or we can't take, just say like, okay, you need to be a part of this denomination. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. No, that was, that's that's I don't awesome. Get on like a soapbox here, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Um, when when we talk about uh, one area of focus, discipleship and making disciples, um, there's a lot of different ways of going about it, and different people have different beliefs on evangelism and how to bring others closer closer to God or even into God um, and Jesus. And, you know, I, I know you mentioned showing compassion first, and that's, that's, that's the opener, right? That's, that's, that's where it all starts. That's the, that's the foundation. Um, from there, how do you view the, different ways of of um, evangelism because i think more and more t- more and more so today we're called to evangelize in different ways um especially as you see just just the environment the landscape um of where christianity stands in the world um what's been going on in different religions and just the call for you know i think and i think people are starting now to to realize the difference between religion and between a personal relationship yeah so kind of how do I view kind of evangelism and is that yes that's okay. that's that's the question that's I the, have that's the big question okay um, well yeah it's hard for me to read the gospel and you know read read the stories of Jesus and and deny that we should we should spread the gospel. You know, like it, it, it's it's very clear that the, the story of Jesus needs to be spread everywhere. So, I think what what that said what that says to me is, no matter what situation you put yourself in, God has you there to be salt and light. And you know, it's, it's Matthew five says that you know, it, that's. So for me, I, I think I, I love that idea because it, it, it doesn't limit us to just having to be in ministry in order to reflect the gospel. Uh, I, was, I was in full-time ministry with InterVarsity, and I loved it. And through that, I, I learned how to do things like contact evangelism, like just going up to somebody and starting a conversation, or uh, how to kind of set up uh, surveys that uh, you could, you know, start good conversations with 
non-Christians about, like people you don't even know, and start good conversations. So I think that there's there's room for there's a time and a place for that kind of evangelism, and then I think there's also the what I was talking about before the friendship where you can really start building uh, relationships with the people that are around you. Um, but I mean, I guess that maybe that's a, that's a, that's a pretty broad answer, but I, I feel like where you're at is where you need to evangelize mm-hmm. where you're at is where you, where God is calling you to share the gospel. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's not what I, what I've realized is it's not, I, I used to give calls to faith, you know, I used to give like, or altar calls, depending on the you know, kind of how you, your tradition or whatever. I used to mm-hmm. do that sort of thing as a part of InterVarsity, and honestly, it wasn't necessarily that it was the call to faith or it was the altar call that most people came to know Jesus. It was after going through that experience where they were invited, so you, they had a conversation with a close friend afterwards. So I think there's, there's almost mm-hmm. like an aspect of you need you need both the friends, uh, the friendship, the relationships around an individual, but you also need the opportunity to respond. If we never give, if we never give people the opportunity to respond to the gospel, then then we're not. Then that's not evangelism. That's just sharing our opinion. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, that's that's where I stand too. And um, I think there's a balance of communicating with. I think really focusing on, on the people around you and those the the people that are in your life. As you said, you know, you were put in a in that place for a reason, and we, we have a purpose for where we are and. I think having those conversations um, and just, you know, and it looks different and it looks, you know, sometimes it's, it's going to be just asking kind of how they're doing and then eventually breaking into it. And sometimes um, it's going to be different, but ultimately, I think ultimately, ultimately allowing them to respond, I think is the, is the biggest, you know, that the biggest push and letting them make that call to action and, and let them take those you know take the action steps um is i think you know i think is the biggest thing and i was just chatting with a buddy yesterday and you know part of me is i i never want to be really pushy and i never want to be someone who is trying to preach preach to others very um almost like i'm telling them to do something because it's you know it's their decision and it's their you know it's their life and I think we, we can be here to support people and offer guidance. I think that's super important in having that community. Um, but I really do think that it ultimately comes down to that personal, um, you know, your, your personal relationship because that's, that's, that's the forefront and that's, and that's where it all starts. Sure. If I, could, I, just, if I, I would love to just push back a little bit. Yeah. I, I do think that, I agree with you, I, th- I think that having... Um, genuine relationships with you know, just with the people around us is, is, is always going to help us to you know, just truthfully share what we believe um, but what was it that you just said it was um, yeah no I, I was just saying you know I think it I, I, for me it, it comes down to people are going to make their own decisions and, I, and I'm not going to make that decision for them um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna help them along the way if they need if they need it. Well, thank you, thank you for that. That that's that's what it was. You, you used this. I was trying to remember the, the the word that you used. You used the term pushy, and I and I I just wanted to just say that I really I think that when we when we give somebody an opportunity to respond, that's not being pushy. I think that we have this idea that if we say if we ask someone uh, what do they believe and you know, eventually get to the point where we can ask them, do you think, you know, like, do you want to follow Jesus? You know, do you want to truly follow Jesus for the first time? And I think a lot of us think that that's pushy, but I think that that's just, that's providing an opportunity. Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes, even going back to, I, 
going back to my own story, when I chose to go to Stoneham, when I chose to go all the way across the country, initially, uh, when I visited Stonehill, when they asked me to come out and visit, I, I really just came out because I thought it'd be a cool way to see Boston and get a free flight out to Massachusetts. You know, like I, I really wasn't anticipating going there. And so, but if, if it wasn't for the coaches kind of recruiting me, continuing to call me, continuing to ask me how I'm doing, showing that they care for me, it was kind of like they continued to give me the opportunity to commit to Stonehill. Similarly, I think if we continue to show love and, and genuine care for those around us, giving it, asking asking people to give their lives to Jesus isn't being pushy. It's it's just giving them an opportunity to to commit and some and we can't control that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's a big thing in, in evangelism is that it's it's we you you really we really have to you have to see it as there's no weight on your shoulders. It's really it's it's the Holy Spirit's job to change someone's heart. But it's just, I think our only, God allows us to play a role in in evangelism when he allows us to give opportunities to others to commit their lives to him. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that's awesome. I think the way that, I think the way that you, I think the analogy you used is, right, uh, what is it called, you know, when, when someone from, you know, football program is going out to, to reach you. It's it's recruiting. They're a recruiter, and they're part of that recruiting process. Um, I think it's you know I think it's I think in in some ways it's it's quite similar. You know, we're recruiting people in a different in a different way to, to follow to follow Jesus and opening up and creating that opportunity. Um, I think is a great way of positioning it. Yeah, and one more thing is. Yes. If we're going to run with this, this recruiting analogy, I, I, I do want to say that there is a way you can be pushy. Um, you know, like I think I've definitely had, I, you know, like people I, I've known coaches or I've seen, uh, I've just heard of athletes being recruited and getting phone calls every night and, you know, not, there, there really, really wasn't a care about the individual. It was more, hey, you know, come to our school, come to our school, come to our school. And I think that's that's a good kind of caution flag to have as we're because like I agree like I think there's a way we can be pushy but I think it's we shouldn't feel pushy for providing an opportunity but oh, absolutely you know, like, it, it can't be you know it, it can't be like really abrasive you know when you're doing it like it can't be like a constant thing it's like you know look for the the opportunities to do that but if all your conversations kind of come back to, well, now that's why you need to follow Jesus, and this is why you need to follow Jesus. Then it becomes more of an argument and less of, hey, is this something that God is calling, you feel God calling you to right now? Mm-hmm. Yep, perfect, perfect. perfect. Um, yeah, I spent the past, the last year and a half in sales, so it was, you know, it was a different equation, right? Instead of... Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's also very similar. You're you're asking some, you know, you're asking somebody for something, or for or for there to or for them to make a decision, um, to to buy your product or to partner with you, and there's and just like that process, you know, you're not gonna call them and email them every single day asking, you know, do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? It's there's a you have to guide them along along the way, show and but also leave room for them to make a decision. And for them to and and let the Holy Spirit move them too, yeah. right? Um, but then, but then being, but then it's. I think it's also on you too to, to follow back up with them. And I think that's that's yeah. the important part. Um, cool. Let's 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 pause on that one. I think I think sure. that's a good analogy. Um, but you know what? You know I I think as we continue to develop and learn more about others and our personal relationship and just how others are kind of going about different situations. Um, does that spark you to have any questions on Christianity as a whole today um, and on your personal walk? You know, I think that's really, I think it's a good question to ask me about questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think, 
right now, I, the big, the question I have the most is um, kind of what, like, and it's 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 kind of funny. I, I I think it's kind of funny that kind of like that why me kind of question, but it's not like a why like why why me like why are these terrible things happening to me? It's more like I'm. I'm asking, I'm asking God, like, God, why do you continue to put me in, in, um, in, like, just, like, driving me forward? I feel like there's a lot of opportunities that I've been able to take advantage of in my life, but that when I look back on it, I don't think it's because of something that I necessarily did. I think it's just God's timing. God, God put it together in the right time so that I could come back, so that I could come back to Jay Sierra that, um, you know, I, I, everything's kind of falling together and there's kind of questions where I, where I, at the end of the day, I feel like I don't deserve these things because I know myself and I know, you know, to be honest, I know how much of an idiot I can be on a daily basis and yet I still feel like as if, as if God continues to just put me in uh, positions of influence and, and positions to really experience his joy uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of incredible so I, I guess that that would be one of my biggest questions and um, I think another another question for me is like kind of how do I and this is similar to the conversation we were just having but how do I how do I love someone? And yet, still be able to lay down and, and 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 just like set good boundaries uh, of what like what I believe in. There are certain things that it's easier for me to stay. I believe in, um, whereas other things I know I believe in, but it's hard for me to say like, yes, this is what. I'm gonna stake my, you know, put my flag in mm-hmm. when I know that the person I'm talking to, if I say that, it will be offensive to them. So I think that's a hard thing for me too. Is how do I, how do I clearly say this is, you know, this is what I believe the gospel has to, the, the Bible has to say about that particular topic. And I'm sorry if that's offensive to you. I think that's that's a hard thing for me, like how I how I navigate those kinds of conversations. Yeah, no, I think I think speaking on the first one, um, foremost, uh, yeah, it's you know it's you should you soften the blow or should you just kind of let them let them you know take it at at face value and this this is how it is. I'm you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I'm not going to you know say something that I don't believe in or that it's not you know I'm not 100 percent on board with. Um, but also, right, it's just like when you're when you're looking at pe- to you know try and get people to to develop their faith and learn more about Jesus. It's also it's also teaching them too, right? So it's it's like you you know do you kind of put 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 the stick down, or do you? Yeah, I I, I know I I know 100. percent I know 100. Um, percent I like to ask these questions too, because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that somebody else who's listening, you know, maybe is dealing with a similar situation, um, or has gone through that situation, is able to, was able to find out ways that they were able to be effective, um, maybe doing one way or, or doing the other, or what they did to, to maneuver. Cool. Um, yeah. Next. Um, so you've completed your first few months now at J. Sarah. Congratulations! Yeah, thanks, man. You're uh, you're you're a, I don't know I don't know if veteran is the word now, but you're um you're no longer a, a an amateur or a newbie <laughs> or a newbie. <laughs> you can say that, sure. Uh, so what's what's next for you in next few months, few days, few weeks, near future? Honestly, I I still feel like I'm getting settled in here, and. I think I still feel like I'm getting settled in because I feel like I'm here for the long haul. I, de- I definitely don't think that God brought me here to um, have this be a quick a quick gig, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I really do think that, that God has called me to invest in the lives of athletes at J. Sarah for years to come. And I, I really don't see me going anywhere, anywhere new anytime soon. Um, so I think that the first step is just for me to kind of get settled in. Uh, there, there, it was a crash course mm-hmm. in being a head court and being a head coach this season because I came in at, to, I mean, just to put it in perspective, my first day was like Thursday, um, the 23rd or something in February. And that Saturday was the first track meet. So I really didn't have much time to, to learn. I mean, it was just kind of like, here you go. And yeah, I just, I, I, I had to, I had to roll with it. So, um, now that the dust has settled and, uh, our season is over. It's it's nice to be able to hit the reset button, catch my breath a little bit, and start thinking about um, next season. But honestly, now that the dust has settled, it, for the first time, I, I, I feel like I this that coaching can actually like it's actually a ministry again. Mm-hmm. When I was at when I was at Assumption, it was it was pretty easy. It was pretty clear. Being an assistant. Um, there's a lot of less. There's a lot less things that I have to worry about. So, coaching and, and ministering to those athletes came hand in hand. I think uh, the, these past few months, it's it's been a whirlwind, and now moving forward, I'm just excited to be able to not only build a program, you know, instill a culture of you know truly loving one another and you know being a family to one another. But I'm excited just to, to see co- coaching as a ministry again, mm-hmm. and it it finally it, it really feels like that. So I'm 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 excited moving forward. Awesome. Final question: um, advice you have for others who are looking to get started and learn more about Jesus? You know, I was thinking about this question, and <laughs> I think the the thing that came to mind. And you know, just bear with me on this. Is that I would I would say I would say to them that your perspective sucks, and God's perspective is vastly more expansive than <laughs> than what you can see. And there's just and I and I say that from my own experience is that every step of the way, uh, whether it was going to college, um, why did I do two sports in college? You know, I I only ran track for two years in college and ended up wanting to focus on football. So I, I, I played football for four years. and But it was those two years in college that gave me the experience and kind of the pedigree to be able to coach track when God called me through ministry to Assumption. And now I'm coaching. So long story short, there's there's been I, – I have story after story as to – you know, at the time, it almost didn't make sense why I was doing something, but I just felt like I needed to do it. And then, ultimately, God ends up using that down the line for something really significant, really um, impactful. So, uh, just remember that your perspective isn't it, it, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. It's you need to like God's perspective has so much more of a. Um, it's just it's just a better guiding force than your than what you think you need. Mm-hmm. I think that was the nice way of saying um, throw away your perspective. Yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. Um, cool, man. Uh, anything else you want to leave us with before we hop off? Well, man, I I remember. Uh, I'll leave us. Uh, you know, I'll leave you with this. We can with a story here. Um, I remember going down to New Orleans my for my first ever kind of uh, service trip and through InterVarsity, and you came down as well. And so I remember sitting underneath the house in New Orleans and pulling the safety back on a nail gun and just like having a blast and like shooting nails all over the place. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I, I remember yeah, that too. That's so crazy. Fun on that trip, and you know, I and I think that 
uh, yeah, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that that was, um, I think that was a formative trip for you, and I think that really shaped me as a leader because ultimately that whole trip, all all you and I, all I was trying to do was just like like I said, just kind of be a good friend to you, and seeing you just take take on different type of leadership roles and pursue what God is calling you to. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge affirmation in my heart, but it just makes me proud that you are, are just are following what God has called you to. And, uh, it, it makes me laugh thinking about being in new Orleans and like shooting nails everywhere with you. And, yep. and now I'm talking to you on a podcast about Jesus, you know, when, you know, when that conversation underneath that house was, um, you know, I mean, it was a lot different. It wasn't this conversation, so it was good. You know, and I'm, I'm just, I'm really proud of you and um, yeah. excited that this is happening. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, it was a fun time. I, I do remember playing underneath the house with nails, and that was, I, I don't think, I think, you know, conver- conversation might have changed, but I, th- I still think we'd be down there playing with nails if we had the opportunity oh, to go back. 100%, man. We would, uh, if we if if you gave us a nail gun again, we would we would still have just just as good a time. We so, go to, we go to town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, hey man, really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I thought I felt like we got you know pretty deep in um, into you know specific areas as well, um, which you know I don't think we I don't think it always happens um, in the ability to have this conversation and push back on another on one another and be being able to have this dialogue is is huge right and you know I, I don't think there was necessarily tension here but you know if there if there ever is tension i think it produces growth and i think even pushing back on one, one another um i think you know you might feel uncomfortable at a moment right of, of saying you know what? i don't know if i completely agree with this or i don't know if this is the way i think about it but i think it you know it, it does pr- produce growth um thanks a ton for joining um would you mind closing us out in prayer to conclude? I would love to. Perfect. Father, this is amazing. You are uh, amazing. Lord, we, uh, we praise you for your promises. We praise you for who you are, uh, that you were first a friend to us and that you loved us first enough to pay a price that we couldn't pay. And Lord, may we go forward and never forget that that our lives are an example of your grace. And so Lord, I, I pray a blessing over uh, over Tyler and over the, the Guys Like Us movement. Uh, pray that you would guide it, Holy Spirit, that you would give him wisdom. And uh, I pray that anybody who have an opportunity to listen today would truly just hear from you and that if there was any words that uh, you could have said through us that you could really impact hearts out there so lord we just we praise you we love you we pray this all in the name of jesus amen amen excellent um great having you on and i am sure that we'll be in touch uh very soon all right brother all right man Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I had a great time chatting with Mickey and catching back up. If you have any questions for Mickey, please reach out to me directly and I can put you in contact. Thanks and have a good one.